This is the Truth Hurts Program with Steve Z. Hello and welcome to the Truth Hurts Program. It is the first day of June 2023, which means a lot of different things to a lot of different people in the new divided states of America under the tyrannical rule of the senile, gropey Joe Biden. First and most importantly, it is the official start of the Atlantic hurricane season, which means if you live in the southeast Texas, anywhere in Louisiana, Mississippi, Alabama, Florida, coastal Georgia, or the Carolinas, you should already, by today, have all of your storm preparation and evacuation plans firmly in place. You should already be stocked up with non-perishable food and water supplies, first aid supplies, and all the tools and equipment you might need to either prepare your home for a storm or to be able to make emergency repairs to your home in the event a storm ravages your area. The usual flashlights, batteries, tarps, portable charging stations, a generator, extra fuel for that generator, extra propane for your gas grill in case the power is out for days or even weeks. Yes, you should also by now have done your annual photo shoot of your home, showing all the pre-storm conditions, the inside, the outside, room by room, closet by closet, drawer by drawer. By now you should have your getaway go bag ready with all of your important documents. You should also have your car checked out, oil changed, tires checked and rotated, fueled and ready to go. By now you should have your evacuation plans hammered out and of course enough cash or credit card balance availability to cover the costs of leaving your home for an extended amount of time. The day before the storm hits is way too late to prepare. Make a plan, rehearse the plan with your family, and be prepared. All right, enough about that. The next big thing that June 1st offers to Americans is the sick, mentally twisted, disgusting, depraved, degenerate, and downright dumb notion of what is now called Pride Month. Remember, you should never, ever, ever be proud to be straight, to be white, to be a man. Those three things combined make you the devil because in the eyes of gay America, the straight white man is the incarnate evil. Even though it was straight white men who founded this nation, who fought the tyranny of the King of England to become a free nation, a free set of states united against autocratic rule, against the massive taxation from Mother England of a whopping 3% on tea, remember, that's why they had the Boston Tea Party, a 3% tax on tea. That was enough to turn straight white men against the King of England and to fight tooth and nail laying down their lives for this nation. Straight white men died to break free of the notion that one tyrannical king could dictate how we worship God, where we worship, how much of our hard work would be taken from us in the form of taxes to be sent back to the king, and all the other things that the tyrant mandated that we do. Straight white men did this. However, June 1st each year begins one month of the joke that at one time was called Gay Pride Month. It meant a couple of days of parading in San Francisco and on the streets of New Orleans, a bunch of queers in queer gear, flying flags and wearing dresses. But now, Joe Biden says the entire month of June needs to be about inclusivity, inclusive of gay men, of lesbian women, of transgender pretender failed men, 
acting like sissy prissy little girls, of transgender pretender failed women pretending to be men, like Audrey Hale, the failed female who shot up that Tennessee Christian school, killing three adults and three innocent children. Yes, Joe Biden wants this month to be inclusive of drag queens, men who somehow feel the need to play dress up and pervert the minds of kindergarten children. We need to be inclusive of mentally ill people who think there are more than just two actual genders when we all know and science has proven that there are only two genders. According to the website HelpfulProfessor.com, as of 2023 now, there are supposedly 81 genders. Science, you know, physiology, biology, genealogy, real science has yet to show us a single example of anything other than male or female, of XX or XY chromosomes. Now sure, there are some women with gigantic clitorises that resemble a protruding penis above their labia. And yes, there are actual hermaphrodites who exhibit traits of both male and female. Chimeric freaks. And I'm not trying to be insulting here. They are truly freaks of nature. The notion of made-up, non-existent, fantasy land, fairy tale genders is a form of mental illness. Just like if you saw a guy walking down the street barking like a dog, you would have to think that guy just ain't right in the head. Someone who thinks he can change his gender because he feels like it is just as mentally ill. But in Joe Biden's America, we don't just allow these freaks, these oddities, these weirdos, these mentally ill to simply walk among us. We celebrate them. And not just for one day. Oh no. Here in gropey Joe Biden's America, we give those freaks an entire 30-day month. And that should really piss off the 13% hyphenated American minority because they only get a 28-day month. <laughs> yes, my friends, there are only 28 days that Blafrican Americans can celebrate their rewritten revisionist version of history. Even the Hispanic Latino crowd gets 30 days. The Asian American Pacific Islanders get 30 days. But the black man, he only be getting 28 except for every four years where they throw in a bonus chicken wing day. In case you want to know the identities of those 81 genders, you can take a listen right now. I'll read them off quickly. And that uh, list, by the way, is up from the 57 that there were just one short year ago. There's the ACULT, the AFAB, which stands for Assigned Female at Birth, a gender, people who claim to have no gender at all. I bet you if you look between your legs, you'll either see a penis or a vagina, though. Aliagender, people who are neither male, female, or agendered. People who experience gender identity that does not fit on the masculine-feminine spectrum. There's Alia and Huame. There's Amab, assigned male at birth. There's Androgynous. Aporagender. Aravani. Ashtime. Bernesha. Bakla, bigender, Kalale, Bisu, Kalabe, Chokchini Nukuncha Shamans, that's from Siberia, cisgender, you know, normal people who are either male or female because they look down their pants and either see a penis or a vagina, cis female is a female, cis male is a male, demi boy, a person who identifies as partially male, demi gender, demi girl, Fa'afafin, Fakatieli, Female, Femme, 
a woman who identifies as a woman and expresses themselves in a feminine way, you know, a female. Feminiello, Guevadoce, Fememiniella. There you go. FTM, a term to describe a person assigned female but identifies as a man. Gender apathetic, gender fluid, gender neutral, gender non-conforming, gender questioning, gender variant, gender queer, hermaphrodite, outdated, generally disavowed term to describe people who are so-called intersex. There's hijra, intergender, intersex, people born with genitals and other sex characteristics that do not conform to the normative definition of male or female. What the hell does that mean? Kathoi, Lahamana, Mahu, male, Maverick, Metis, MTF, male to female, Mukse, neither, N-E-I-T-H-E-R, people who claim they are neither. What do they have, just a closed up slot down there? What, what's up? Neutra, Nina Kopatas Kiskapitskapi. That's, uh, I, I can't pronounce that one properly, I'm not even going to try. Nadlihai and Dilba, non-binary, novagender, other, pandaka, pangender, polygender, kwariwarmi, sikrata, sister girl or brother boy, third gender, tom and d identities, people assigned male or female at birth respectively who identify as the opposite gender. Trans, transmasculine, trans men, trans women, transfeminine, transsexual, transsexual female, transsexual male, travesty, <laughs> perfect word, trigender, two spirit, two spirit male, two spirit female, waria, wakawahini, wintki, zanith, and zin. These are the so called 81 genders in 2023. Now listen, if you identify as anything other than male or female, you have a mental illness. When I was a young man, the school year ended around Memorial Day, the end of May, and did not resume until after Labor Day, the beginning of September. Those days, of course, are long gone. Why? The Democratic Party, of course. Single black mothers, of course. The broken family in America, of course. You heard me correctly. The original intent of a three-month summer came about because when America was filled with hard-working family farms, the kids were needed in the fields to do things like preparation, plowing, planting, tending, harvesting, storing, cooking, shipping, and processing. The school year was tailored around actual nuclear families. You know, a mom, a dad, and several children propagating the species. Everyone had a job to do. So school would interfere with the normal planting and harvesting season. That's why they tailored school to be nine months of the year. But things changed drastically when Uncle Sam and the Democratic Party decided it was suddenly not only okay and acceptable, but preferred for single mothers to bear one, three, seven, nine children out of wedlock and then provide the single mother with everything she needed to feed and clothe and house those little bastards. No insult intended. By definition, those children born out of wedlock are indeed little bastards. The state, the U.S. government, would provide minimal subsistence living stipends each month, places for those single moms to live and raise the children. 
and those single moms were encouraged, of course, to vote Democrat. Because the Democratic Party is the party that kept their knee on the necks of those single black moms. The sperm donors, who called themselves daddy, could roam freely and impregnate as many females as they wanted because those single moms would let those baby daddies sleep with them, or at least sleep on the couch, and those sperm donors would provide a little extra something-something, a little cash, to the baby mamas for this and that. Now that there are very few family farms left in America, those baby mamas can't have their little chins just hanging around the Section 8 house all summer long, so the school year got extended. These days, school drags on well into June, and after about a six or seven week vacation, the kids are dragged back into schools in mid-August to keep them off the streets. Sure, they get an extra day for Milk Day, Martin Luther King Day, but we lost Washington's birthday and Lincoln's birthday in the process. Imagine that. All the presidents get lumped together for one holiday, but a single black criminal womanizing thug blacktivist gets his own holiday. Sorry, got off track there for a second. Back to the shortened summer break. How will them babies eat during the summer? Don't worry, the Democrats have your back. They need that voting block so they will feed your cheering breakfast and lunch every day and let them hang out in the air-conditioned school gym on the taxpayer's dime every day during the shortened summer break. Just don't forget to vote Democrat, right? Boys have a penis, girls have a vagina. Boys have a penis, girls have a vagina, period. But in the wonderful world of woke Disney, it's a whole new world. Critics are justifiably calling out Disney once again for pushing their woke, sick agenda upon children. According to the New York Post, the latest controversy involves an obviously male employee with a mustache at Disneyland's Bitty Bitty Boutique in Anaheim, California. He's been seen wearing a costume dress and makeup with a full-on porno mustache while portraying, quote, the fairy godmother's apprentice, unquote. In other words, a failed male, a fag and drag, a he dressed as a she, a frou-frou fruit, scaring and confusing children, all in the name of wokeness at the Ratland. A viral TikTok video captured the moment, and it has garnered over 7 million views and sparked, of course, a heated debate. Critics rightfully argue that Disney's decision to allow a male employee to dress as a traditionally female character sends a confusing message to little innocent children. That would be the correct presumption. The employee who identifies as Nick introduces himself as one of the fairy godmother's apprentices and proceeds to assist a young girl with her selections for the day. The video has drawn reactions. Fox News host Jesse Waters referred to the character as Cinderfella. Disney tried desperately to defend its decision to promote this mental illness by calling it, quote, inclusivity and accommodating cast members who do not identify as female, unquote. They say that by replacing the traditional fairy godmother in training title with fairy godmother's apprentices, the corporation aims to ensure that all cast members could participate in the process of dressing up and styling little children without being limited to female character portrayals. Fags in drag indoctrinating young children in an attempt to normalize the freakish behavior and mental illness of the LGBTQ lie. 
The mainstream leftist media, however, tries to whitewash the issue by saying the controversy surrounding the Cinderella character at the Biddy Biddy Boutique highlights the ongoing tension between conservative critics and Disney's attempts to promote diversity and inclusivity. The debate underscores the differing perspectives on gender representation and the role of children's entertainment in shaping societal norms. That's the key words there, folks. Shaping societal norms. Normal is boys have a penis, girls have a vagina. Boys wear pants, girls wear dresses, boys don't wear makeup. They're trying to twist and change norms, normal behavior, into their new sick, twisted idea of their reality. Of course, anyone who dares to question or call out this abomination will be accused of being a bigot and being not woke. Speaking of twisted, sick marketing, let's discuss the Bud Light disaster one more time, shall we? Two months ago, you recall, Bud Light rolled the dice on a marketing push involving that transgender little boy pretending to be a little girl, the transgender activist Dylan Mulvaney. And that move has been met with customer pushback boycotts and a large hit to the bottom line in the form of falling sales and dropping stock values at the Anheuser-Busch InBev corporate mecca. They may never learn. Because Bud Light is now doubling down, they made a $200,000 donation to the National LGBTQ Chamber of Commerce to support what they're calling economic opportunities and advancements for LGBTQ Americans. According to a press release from the parent company Anheuser-Busch, the hits keep coming. I'd hate to be a major shareholder in this company. My portfolio would be shrinking like George in the swimming pool on Seinfeld. About $27 billion in market value has simply vanished, falling to $107.44 billion through the end of May. That's down from the $134.55 billion on March 31st, as tracked by the Dow Jones Market Data Group. The stock is down 19.98%, in other words, 20% from its March high. And they had to drag out those decimal points because the true meaning of 19.98% is 20%, which we all know is the official definition of being a bear market. May was the third worst month on record for shares of Anheuser-Busch. Sales volume for Butt Light has fallen 29.5% in the week ending May 20th compared to the same period last year. And the week before it had dropped 25.7% in value. But the CEO is out there lying to the people, the press, claiming this was not an official campaign with Mulvaney while stroking that $200,000 donation to the queer campaign. People aren't falling for it, or Bud Light's new advertising campaigns with the amber waves of grain and the flag and farmers. People are not buying Bud Light. It's sitting on the shelves expiring. Bud Light presents Fake Men with Penises. With penises. Today we salute you, O oh brave human resources director. Big HR director. In the good old days, you only dealt with hiring, firing, training, and an argument over who ate someone else's lunch from the fridge. Your job used to be easy. These days, however, your day is spent providing safe spaces, cuddle rooms, lactation rooms for men and deciding which tampons go in the men's bathroom. 
So crack open an ice cold butt light, oh brave human resources director with way too much stress, because now you have to deal with all this bullshit on a daily basis. Everyone's offended, St. Louis, Missouri. You gotta love that First Amendment, by the way. Freedom of speech, freedom of expression, freedom to assemble, freedom of the press. A sign with a very accurate message was spotted recently in the state of Florida. The LGBTQ pandering media, however, wrote an article which begins, quote, A homophobic slur outside a Florida auto repair shop has sparked backlash from the local community and social media users, unquote. There's a sign that went up over the Memorial Day weekend outside of Rick's Repair Shop in the capital of Tallahassee, Florida. And upon that sign, which has those interchangeable letters you can change your message each week, the sign clearly read, Veterans get a day. Fags and child molesters get a month. Why? That sign, of course, referring to Pride Month, which began today. The repair shop owner, a very brave man named Rick Hughes, is known in his community for sharing controversial messages outside his store. Freedom of speech, right? This is not a hateful message. It is truth in print. Since the post, however, Rick's repair shop has received hundreds of negative ratings and reviews on the business review platform Yelp. They also received hundreds and hundreds of support messages. But of course, the news media doesn't report that. Yelp posted a message Tuesday afternoon saying it had temporarily disabled the posting of new reviews for the shop due to increased public attention, which often means people come to the page to post their views rather than actual consumer experiences with the business. Listen, my friends, if Rick Hughes can fix my car right the first time for a fair price and I agree with his message, that's just a bonus for me. Funny how it's perfectly okay for the news media to write a bashing article about Rick Hughes's Rick's Repair Shop, but it's evil if we boycott Bud Light or other businesses like Target, Kohl's, Lego, Disney. Of course, it's a double standard. Speaking out against the sign, Tallahassee City Commissioner Jeremy Matlow criticized the business. He shared a tweet from someone named Peel, he says, I'm not sure the sad, miserable place a person must be in to take the time to put this up, but I do know the majority of folks in Tallahassee reject this hatred and respect the freedom to be who you are, love who you want, and support LGBTQ rights every month of the year. Of course, my friends, respect of freedom that Matlow expressed here above obviously doesn't include Rick Hughes's freedom of speech or freedom to disapprove of the sick twisted LGBTQ lifestyle. Double standard, my friends. It just keeps coming. Are you a minority looking for a job, but you don't have the education, experience, or skills to actually do the job you're applying for? Are you a person envious of the successes of your white and Asian counterparts? Are you truly ashamed and embarrassed about the way you speak, the way you look, and the way you act in public? Are you seeking a handout, not a hand up? Do you want an advantage instead of an equal playing field? If you answered yes to any or all of these questions, you need to play the race card. The all new race card is a deck of 52 custom designed playing cards that you can use anytime you need to gain an unfair advantage at work, at the playground, in society, or anywhere that you feel inferior to the white man. 
Each deck of race cards contains four suits and two jokers. Play the light-skinned Jack or the mocha-skinned Queen, or even the dark-skinned Umchaka Warrior King card. Or if nobody's laughing at your jokes because they can't understand what you're trying to pronounce, you can play a joker. Every day is a 10 when you play the race card. Play the race card on job interviews, when you want to get onto a sports team, or when you get caught robbing a liquor store, or just when you're trying to fit in with the rest of American society. Each race card comes with a government-backed guarantee. If you don't get your way by playing the race card, the Biden-Harris administration will use the U.S. Department of Justice to make sure you are properly pandered to. Order your deck of 52 race cards today by logging on to DemocratAA.com. That's DemocratAA.com. If you're a member of the LGBTQIA3 plus question mark alphabet soup crowd and you don't fit in but you really, really want to, if you're a tattooed, pierced, modified cross-dresser with a chip on your shoulder, if you have difficulty engaging in social conformity or you're seeking a hand out, not a hand up, you too can play the LGBTQ plus version of the race card. Race cards are not available to white people, Asians, or other successful people who speak the English language properly, dress in a conforming manner, and do the right thing. The next piece is called Targeting Target and Coles, and rightfully so. Target has donated $2.1 million to an LGBTQ advocacy group and has also pressured school districts to not tell parents if their children identify as another gender. According to an online report by Fox Digital, Coles is also donating to the same groups. When will these businesses learn? Retail giants like Kohl's and Target have been the subject of widespread boycott calls in the wake of protests over their pride collections. But Target has partnered with the Gay Lesbian Straight Education Network, Jilson, in a teacher group founded in 1990 with the aim of, quote, creating affirming learning environments for LGBTQ youth, unquote. Jilson has also opposed efforts by legislators to ban LGBT books with sexually explicit themes. Target says, quote, Jilson leads the movement in creating affirming and anti-racist spaces for LGBTQIA students. We are proud of 10 years of collaboration with Jilson and continue to support their mission. Jilson, by the way, has been amongst the organizations that have urged states and school districts to refrain from notifying parents when students as young as five years of age decide to socially transition their gender. School leaders told the Washington Post that not notifying parents is necessary in order to avoid outing children who could be in harm's way at home. In other words, keep them away from their parents. Their parents might harm them if they come out of the closet. Bullshit. One controversial practice used by some schools in at least 18 states, the District of Columbia and Puerto Rico, is having teachers use the trans names for children in class, but then reverting to the original dead names when they speak with parents. One controversial practice that should be stopped immediately. Now, Target did a little backpedaling on Tuesday when they claimed that they were removing some of those transgender items from their stores, and others they were stuffing in back parts of the store amidst the backlash from customers because they're afraid, Target is, that employees might be harmed. Since introducing this year's collection, we've experienced threats impacting our team members' sense of safety and well-being while at work, Target said in a statement. Target, by the way, has lost more than $9 billion in market value 
since the boycott. That's great. Keep boycotting them. Just so you know, I won't be shopping there. Target stock also took an ass-whipping. $12.7 billion over the past two weeks. They hit their lowest level in nearly three years as the cheap, chic retailer continues the backlash. Target's market capitalization tanked $12.4 billion in the span of just 14 short days. But it doesn't stop there. Target now wants to be more black. You heard me correctly. Keep in mind, my friends, the black population in the U.S. is only 13%, a tiny minority. But that doesn't stop woke Target from playing the race card. Target did a quota hire, and they put a black woman in charge of being the diversity executive. She's demanding that white women get to work to combat the supposed systemic racism in America, while adding that the retail giant was making internal decisions based on the predictions of shifting demographics. Kira Fernandez is the chief diversity and inclusion officer at Target. And she said earlier this year, quote, one of the hardest things in the world to be every day is black. Really? You wake up black, you go to bed black. How hard can that be? Target ramped up its diversity, equity, and inclusiveness efforts in particular after the death of the criminal animal George Floyd had a drug overdose and a heart attack. They blamed it on a white cop. Target established a Racial Equity Action and Change initiative led by Fernandez, and the purpose is to rapidly accelerate efforts. The task force focuses on engaging black customers in stores and ramping up promotions and hiring of black employees. The retail giant also promises to drastically increase its demographics of black employees, which is at 50% now, despite blacks being only 13% of the population. How the hell is that equitable or fair? But don't worry, it doesn't stop the woke train at Target. Belk is also one of those go-woke, go-broke stories in the making. Belk is also now targeting children as young as age two with transgender pride merchandise and penis-tuck-friendly swimwear. Until Tuesday, the department store chain's website was selling a boy's t-shirt that displayed the words, so happy to be me, in pink, and white with a blue happy face, the wonderful rainbow colors of pride flags. One of the shirts for toddlers and youths was a soft, durable t-shirt for everyday wear that says in the description on the website, show support with this kid's pride graphic t-shirt. Our toddler and youth t-shirt is soft and durable for everyday wear. The shirt was removed from the website hours after Fox Business reached out asking if Target was aware of this pro-queer merchandise. The description of the shirt said it was meant for boys age 4 to 7, but was also available in sizes as small as 2T for little toddlers. Another LGBTQ shirt for boys that is still currently on their website shows no words but features various ice cream confections bearing the colors of the lesbian flag, the transgender flag, the gay pride flag, the bisexual flag, and the milkshake with the letter Q for queer. Go woke, go broke, no belk for me either. How about a slap in your North Face? The outdoor clothing retailer The North Face became the latest company being attacked rightfully by the right for advertising to LGBTQ people for Pride Month, pandering to the sick, twisted holiday month. But unlike some other giant corporations, 
These folks have decided to stand by their brand. And they're partnering and issuing statements openly supporting the queer, twisted, sick, LGBTQ lifestyle. Well, I guess the North Face wanted to get a taste of what conservatives did to Bud Light and Target, said Lauren Boebert. How many times do we have to explain to the woke marketing departments at these disgusting companies that America is not a nation of degenerates? I do know the answer as to why these corporations are going woke and not minding going broke. The answer is CEI. That's correct, CEI. Over the past few months, we've watched on as major corporations like Disney, Anheuser-Busch, Target, Belk, Lego, and others have hopped on the LGBTQ train, and they've alienated their traditional client base as a result. And regardless of how often, how swift, how brutal the backlash they know will follow, others like North Face, Nike, Kohl's are waiting in the wings to become the next sacrificial lamb at the altar of the LGBTQIA plus two religion of sickness. It turns out the reason for this counterintuitive behavior goes far beyond virtue signaling. Companies are trying to raise their corporate equality index, CEI. The more woke issues a company supports, the higher their CEI score is. You see, the CEI is a woke credit score that determines what a company's social worth is according to the Human Rights Campaign, a 501c4 organization that describes itself as, quote, the largest LGBTQ political lobbying organization within the United States. No one would be surprised to hear that George Soros's Open Society Foundations is HRC's largest financial donor. Other donors include Planned Parenthood Federation of America and many labor unions like the National Education Association, the United Food and Commercial Workers Union, and others. According to the watchdog group Influence Watch, the Human Rights Campaign's public charity arm, the Human Rights Campaign Foundation, plays a major influential role in Democratic Party politics by pressuring companies to comply with their social agenda. In case you're not familiar with CEI, it breaks down a company's performance in five category areas. You can get up to five points for workplace protections. You can get 50 points for inclusivity benefits, 25 points for supporting an inclusive culture, 20 points for corporate social responsibility, and you can lose 25 points for responsible citizenship. You read that right. A large-scale official or public anti-LGBTQ blemish on a company's record will automatically result in a loss of 25 points. The HRC explains that scores on this criterion are based on information that has come to their attention. For example, Fox News, which for three years had scored 100%, lost its perfect rating in April of 2022 after several of their hosts defended Ron DeSantis' Parental Rights and Education Act that was referred inaccurately as the Don't Say Gay Bill. HRC sends representatives to corporations every year telling them what kind of stuff they have to make visible at the company. And they give them a list of demands, and if they don't follow through, there's a threat that you won't keep your good CEI score. It's a pay-to-play mafioso scam protection scheme. 
Larry Fink is the CEO of a company called BlackRock, one of those companies who first creates a crisis, then they create a fake solution to the fake crisis. He says, quote, Society is demanding that companies, both public and private, serve a social purpose. To prosper over time, every company must not only deliver financial performance, but also show how it makes a positive contribution to society. If a company doesn't engage with the community and have a sense of purpose, it will ultimately lose the license to operate from key stakeholders. Fink is of course mistaken. Society is not demanding that companies serve a social purpose. Rather, ESG is being forced upon society by the global elites who want to use it as a weapon and as a control method that they can use to consolidate their power over the masses. My next piece is called Everything in Its Place. A progressive Christian church has now been forced to apologize for offending churchgoers because they dared to publish a calendar that displayed what they call the subtleties of racism by daring to feature a blonde-haired white child on the calendar. The United Church of Christ president, Reverend John C. Dorauer, apologized profusely in a letter to members posted on the United Church of Christ website on May 23rd. He was addressing complaints. He said the new desk calendar failed to live up to our commitments to be an anti-racist body. The new 2024 desk calendar being sold on the UCC website features a drawing of children and one adult with gray hair and they're all holding hands in a circle. Children of various skin colors are displayed in the graphic. But here's where the racism lies. It appears some United Church of Christ members were upset that a white child with blonde hair was pictured towards the top of the image. That's racist? Everything is racist in America, apparently. The Reverend Dorauer suggested they should have rotated the image slightly, so a more racially diverse person was at the top instead. Give me a break. Of course, I wonder, and rightfully so, what the actual demographic makeup of this church's congregation actually is. The only fair and accurate way for this calendar to look would be to put 100 people on it and then show 65% of those people as white, 13% as black, 15% as Latino, 5% as Asian, and throw in a few dots and feathers for good measure. They could put a kid in a wheelchair, a guy in a dress, a mannish woman in flannel, a few fatties, a midget, and a few minorities in prison attire. Only that way would it be truly fair, equitable representation. Now, after apologizing for his so-called short-sightedness, the UCC president says he hoped one day the church and culture would be free from white privilege and racism. The United Church of Christ is a progressive denomination which brags about inclusivity and their so-called commitment to racial justice right there on their website. Oh, by the way, United Church of Christ churches have hosted drag queen shows as positive support to LGBTQ youth. How sick and twisted. God is crying. The climate change lie is costing companies billions of dollars. Officials intend to ban polluting delivery vehicles with a newly created zone in downtown Portland, Oregon of all places. According to KGW8, the television station, the project has been made possible by a $2 million federal grant using your tax dollars and was supported by the Biden administration's so-called 
bipartisan infrastructure bill. This new rule will apply to a whopping 16-block area in downtown Portland, which includes the Portland building, the federal building, and the county courthouse. Within this newly created zone, gasoline and diesel-powered vehicles will not be allowed to make deliveries or pickups of any kind. That means your Papa John's delivery, your Uber Eats, your waiter app, your ASAP, will have to either come on a bicycle or from an electric vehicle. The program will take effect early next year. Once it does, any vehicle that violates the zero emission delivery zone will receive citations. Businesses and government buildings in the area will still need to have materials delivered, however. So Portland, Oregon has decided to spend money with your tax dollars establishing new distribution hubs outside of the 16-block zone. Larger delivery vehicles will be able to drop off their cargo, which will then have to be hand-transferred to electric vehicles or electric bikes, electric trikes, or pedicabs to make the deliveries. Portland has plans to partner with a local minority business called Beeline Sustainable Urban Delivery. Of course, used drug needles are still permitted on the city streets, along with homeless camps, feces, urine, litter, and of course those violent protesters. The climate lie and propaganda is at work here. The article claims, quote, the new zone will offer several benefits for Portland residents. It should help reduce traffic by taking delivery vehicles off the streets and will lead to cleaner air in the most crowded area of the city. I guess that's like the no smoking section on an airplane or the no peeing section in the swimming pool. The article goes on to say, it's also a win for the environment. Transportation accounted for 35% of Oregon's heat-trapping air pollution in 2021. The more residents and businesses switch to non-polluting solutions like electric vehicles, the less they'll contribute to Earth's rising temperature." Unquote. This, of course, is a lie. Someone has to make that electricity and it comes from coal, oil, and gas-fired plants in over 68% of America. This is not a win. All they're doing is shuffling the pollution down the street 16 blocks. As the big delivery vehicle can no longer go to the business's front door, it will now have to sit, idling, burning fuel at some newly created distribution hub, which is being built on a place that probably displaced some homeless or some poor people. They will now have to sit there idling as they wait on some tiny electric vehicle or bicycle to pick up the delivery. Often many more trips will be needed. Where the big truck can park out front, drop its load and get moving, the new process will be tying up the streets of Portland. The big vehicle will no longer be able to go into the main part of the city, but will now sit outside of the zone polluting. They've kicked the pollution can down the street by 16 blocks probably put it in some black neighborhood. Oh, I can see the headlines now. This is the Truth Hurts program. Meet Trevor. He's an interior designer with the looks all the ladies are after. Tall, tan, great hair, great teeth, and a body to die for. Oh, and did I mention? He's filthy rich. But this stud's not looking for love in the ladies' department. This hunk of a hunk of burning love is looking for his forever man. From the studios that brought you Married on a Whim, it's this season's newest sensation. Man seeking man. Dudes from all around the world will be competing for Trevor's affections. They live in the big lover house, and that re 
opens this fall with a different dude in each of the mansion's 12 stunning bedrooms. Potential gay lovers will compete in decorating contests in their own bedrooms, cooking challenges in the massive kitchen, craft and creativity, all to try and woo Trevor to their bedroom for good. Each week, an elimination challenge will send one guy packing. Which eligible contestant will get the shaft, and which one will ultimately get the shaft? Find out this fall on Man Seeking Man. Check local listings for program dates and times. I want to quickly buzz through some of the other headlines making the news. The NAACP's utterly false smear of Ron DeSantis's Florida. They talk about the lie, and hey, if NAACP doesn't want black people in Florida. It just makes the non-black people in Florida happy. A lot less crime, a lot less murder, rape, robbery, looting, assault, battery, carjacking, car thefts, home invasions. That would be the result. NAACP, why don't you come to New Orleans and tell black people that it's not safe here? The next headline from Fox News is Hannah Panrick says... Squad Democrat senses a lack of frustration amongst black people over reparations, saying people have lost hope. Listen, there will never be reparations, at least not out of my wallet. That's a fact. The independent news network's Asir Fatajer writes, Black activist claims white women are dangerous and white women is a cult. Another day, another racist lie as a liberal black woman complains about how white women are supposedly dangerous. Following that, the woman states white people are in some sort of cult regardless of religion or ethnicity. She also cites the ever so controversial bicycle issue where black men were arguing with white women over a bicycle. I don't have time for this and neither do you. New York Post writes, new messages show Biden's offering a safe harbor to Hunter as he continues to flail over many scandals. Money-wise, writes, New York and California have lost a combined $92 billion in income as rich Americans escape to other states. Here are the low-tax areas that have scooped up those billions of dollars in income. Number one, Florida. Number two, Texas. Number three, Tennessee. Alrighty, well, that was pretty obvious. Fox News writes, Biden's radical green energy policies are straining our electrical grids, and here's how bad it will get if those policies continue. We're just now getting into summer, and the blackouts are beginning in California, Oregon, Washington, and other Democrat strongholds, and it's only going to get worse. The stock dork writes, Nevada Democrat passes a last-minute amendment to fine schools for bathroom and sports policies. A last-minute cover of Darkness Amendment called 674 of Bill 423 was approved by Democratic senators in the Nevada legislature on Friday. The amendment sanctions any school board that attempts to limit biological males from accessing girls' bathrooms or locker rooms or participating in girls' sports and can impose fines of up to $5,000 to a school that dares to keep little boys from beating up on little girls in schools. Another squad Democrat is demanding the U.S. stop oil drilling or face severe weather events. One of those clowns from the squad still claiming that fossil fuels are evil. Major children's clothing retailers poured money into LGBT groups that promote secret gender transitions for children. Another article talks about House Speaker Kevin McCarthy holding Christopher Wray, the FBI director, in contempt of Congress if he refuses to share the informant file accusing Biden of being part of a $5 million bribery scheme 
while he was vice president. Yeah, those Democrats and all of Biden's cronies, they're doing their best to shield the Biden crime family. Market Watch's Steve Goldstein writes, A default wave is building in the banking sector, says Deutsche Bank, and here's how bad it might get. I recommend keeping a little extra cash around the house, folks. Here's another one. Black Activist says white women are one of the most dangerous groups, claiming whiteness is a cult. That's probably the same nut job I spoke about earlier. There's an article written by Miller in BuzzLoving. He didn't have the ability to stand in front of a camera. Megyn Kelly went after President Biden. The criticism of 80-year-old President Biden began on the Megyn Kelly podcast. She slammed Biden for being at a record low for press conferences and interactions with reporters. And on one of the interviews, she says he could barely stand up in front of the cameras. Well, we all know Joe Biden is not fit to be commander in chief. We're just done with the Memorial Day holiday and the 4th of July is fast approaching, followed by Labor Day. All days where Americans are known for doing something horrible, evil, depraved and disgusting. We dare to carve up animals for their meat and then grill that meat over open flames using charcoal or evil petroleum gas. In the coming weeks, we will be celebrating those holidays of the 4th of July and Labor Day. We'll gather together with our neighbors to grill hot dogs and hamburgers and steaks and sausage. We'll drape our kids' bikes with red, white, and blue buntings. We'll kick back from the work week, and we won't be drinking Bud Light. But I wonder, how the hell are we going to still celebrate our nation's holidays with these time-honored traditions five years from now or ten years from now? Let's start with the obvious. John Kerry and climate zealots everywhere are adamantly opposed to the kind of food we eat, how it is produced, how it is processed, and now the Democrats and John Kerry are equally incensed that we might have the audacity to cook over gas grills or charcoal. Oh, can you imagine the horror at a charcoal fire? Carbon-emitting charcoal is on the John Kerry kill list. Next, the cost of feeding our neighborhood used to be a traditional hamburger barbecue and it was reasonably expensive. But in Joe Biden's America, with Joe Biden's inflation, the normal holiday weekend fare is up by double digits in cost. Maybe John Kerry and the climate nuts are simply trying to price barbecue out of our economic possibilities list. I'm telling you folks, these people are nuts. Well, howdy kids. My name is Cowboy Bob, and I want to invite y'all on down to the President Joe Biden camp for previously unfondled kids. Did you know that many children have been touched by a sitting president of the United States of America? What an honor that must be. And now you too can become one of the fortunate few to have the opportunity of a lifetime at the President Joe Biden camp for previously unfondled kids. You see, the president says he loves little kids in a special way that would send most adults to prison, but he's the president of the U. United States of America so he can get away with it. Heck, even his own son Hunter calls him Pedo Pete. Are you a little girl? Uncle Joe, as he likes to be called on the ranch, well, he loves a rubbing his fingers over the chest and tummy of little girls, just as long as they ain't got their lady bumps yet. And he loves little black kids rubbing the hair on his legs as he sits in the swimming pool, watching out for bad hombres like a corn pop. 
And if you're a little white girl, well, that's extra special for Uncle Joe, because he could sniff your hair and whisper things in your ears that he'll deny in any official interviews. Heck, Uncle Joe even likes to take showers and baths with his own little daughters when they were about your age. So it'll be okay for him to shower with you too, right? The President Joe Biden camp for previously unfondled kids is located in Rehoboth Beach, Delaware, and it's open on weekends when Uncle Joe's not at the White House. There's a special entrance at the Beach House so nobody will ever know you ever came. Call Mr. Hunter, the broker, for a confidential appointment today. And if you're a little older, old Hunter will show you his new smoke and mirror trick so you can efficiently learn how to snort cocaine in all of its forms. Well, folks, it's time for old Cowboy Bob to ride off into the sunset before he gets indicted. Y'all have a good day now, you hear? Newsweek's Nick Reynolds says Joe Biden rewards donors with admin positions in his broken promise to voters. An unspoken deal for generations of presidential hopefuls, a well-connected person helps you get elected, and in return, you make that person an ambassador somewhere exotic as a token of your gratitude and appreciation. A little quid pro quo. This is a practice that Joe Biden, a candidate seeking to court progressives skeptical of his campaign, pledged to end when he was running. Now, two years into his administration, Biden has all but abandoned his pledge. According to a newly released report by the nonpartisan government watchdog Campaign Legal Center, Biden has not only continued the practice of rewarding deep-pocketed donors with ambassadorships, but he has embraced it fully, with nearly all of the U.S. chief foreign policy representatives abroad amongst the top contributor to democratic causes over the last decade. This, of course, is a sharp departure from where Biden was on the campaign trail back in Iowa in 2019 when he told the pool of reporters that the practice of cash for influence would die under his administration and that it would be merit, not influence, that would determine who would play the front for America's presence abroad. Biden said at that time, I'm going to appoint the best people possible. Nobody, in fact, will be appointed by me based on anything they contributed. And then he added, you have some of the people out there that are fully qualified to head up everything from being ambassador to NATO to be ambassador to France or who may or may not have con contributed. He insisted the contributions would never be the basis for any of his decisions. But he has already tapped at least 55 non-career ambassadors that were appointed that were donors either to his campaign or other Democrat causes throughout the past 10 years. A number of those donations, by the way, by either those individuals or their spouses, averaged over $400,000 per person. Many of those instances, Biden picked to fill those roles, lacked any qualifications outlined under U.S. law to occupy that post. And the lack of expertise only serves to undermine our credibility abroad. Federal law stresses that these posts should go to career members of the U.S. Foreign Service, but many of Biden's hand-picked selections to be ambassadors lack any foreign policy experience whatsoever, and most do not even know the language of the country in which they are stationed. This is a pay-to-play Democrat scam under Joe Biden. Meg Whitman is the former CEO at eBay and an executive at Hewlett-Packard. She donated lots of money to the Biden campaign, and now she is the ambassador to Kenya. Deep-pocketed Texas lawyer Mark Stanley was tapped by Biden to be the ambassador to Argentina. He donated heavily to Biden. Comcast lobbying executive David Cohen and his wife contributed a total of $1.35 to the Democratic committees in the last 10 years, 
He gets to be the U.S. ambassador to Canada. The U.S. Department of State failed to note that Cohen has zero diplomatic or foreign policy experience. This is what you get, folks. Pay to play with the Biden administration. It's been that way his entire career. Here's one that ought to piss you off good. According to Axios, Minnesota will be providing free college tuition to illegal immigrants. Minnesota students who are undocumented immigrants will be eligible for the state's new tuition-free college program, according to government officials. Democrats used their majority in the legislature to add a number of state benefits for illegal immigrants living in Minnesota. Other laws will allow people to obtain driver's licenses and access Minnesota Care, the publicly run insurance program for low-income residents regardless of their immigration status. They said, we want to make sure that when we're expanding opportunities for everybody, we're doing it for all Minnesotans, regardless of background, regardless of their documentation status. The Democrat Senator for Higher Education Chairman Omar Fateh said this, Free college initiative dubbed North Star Promise will cover tuition at two and four year schools in the University of Minnesota or Minnesota State Systems for students whose families make $80,000 a year or less. In order to qualify, they must meet some requirements. They have to have graduated from a Minnesota high school or they have to have been living there for 12 months without being enrolled in college more than half time. They need to submit a FAFSA form and maintain good academic standing. But you see, my friends, illegal, law-breaking, criminal, invading, trespassing migrants should never receive a dime in your tax dollars. They are here criminally, illegally, unlawfully. Why should they get benefits that my kids would not be entitled to? My kids get no break because I happen to make more than 80000 a year? How is that fair or equitable? Back to the headlines, researchers have been forced to retract over 300 COVID-era medical papers for scientific errors and ethical concerns. There's a picture of Anthony Fauci right on the top of that article. Lululemon faces backlash after firing the staff who stopped the thieves. Go woke, go broke. That's an article I just read. San Francisco faces a retail exodus as Old Navy becomes the latest store chain to leave the filthy city of San Francisco. Mediaite writes, This is a disgusting piece and I'm sorry we ran it. Daily Wire CEO apologizes for an article attacking a Christian show for the presence of a pride flag on the set. California lawmakers advance a bill to cool down the areas outside of schools in the midst of the lie they call climate change. Scientists generate electricity from thin air. Humidity could become a boundless source of energy, they claim. Well, that one's interesting. We'll have to get into that one a little more in another edition of the Truth Hurts program. Victor Davis Hansen says, is the sleeping conservative dragon finally waking up? In the midst of all of these boycotts, I say yes. The Hill has an article entitled, Climate Paradox, Emission Cuts Could Unmask the Deadly Face of Climate Change, According to Scientists. Boston University president accuses students who booed the Warner Brothers CEO of being part of the cancel culture. You see, it's a double standard. It's okay to boo when Ron DeSantis or Donald Trump speaks at a university, but don't you dare boo at some woke person. Finally today, black Africans are tired of black Americans afrisplaining Africa. There's another one we want to look at at the next edition of the Truth Hurts program. I have run out of time for this hour-long edition. Hope you have a great day, and we'll see you on the next one.
Bye-bye for now. Thank you for listening to the Truth Hurts program with Steve Z. Opinions expressed are protected free speech under the First Amendment to the U.S. Constitution. I apologize if you were offended, but I retract nothing because I speak the truth. Background music courtesy of Jason Shaw and Audionautics. This program is pre-recorded. Copyright 2023, the Truth Hurts program network, all rights reserved.